0: Breaking down Wisconsin basketball. This is the Swing with Zach Heilprin and Jesse Temple on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome into the Swing here on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I'm Zach Heilprin. He's Jesse Temple. Well, we we talked last week, Jesse. We we didn't we didn't think, and I'll I'll, I'll admit it, didn't think they were going to go and win at Indiana. They did. And now we're talking about a Big Ten champion Wisconsin Badger basketball team, which is just insane to say. We kind of opened it last week with saying it was kind of going to be insane to even talk about that they were in that position. They're in that position. They finished that position. And now they're co-Big Ten champs.
1: Proving us wrong and everyone else in the country at various times this season that didn't think this Wisconsin basketball team was capable of doing this. It's been an unreal, unbelievable run. And the fact that they've close the stretch here with eight straight wins to go from six and six and then a three-way tie for seventh to earning the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament. I, I don't I'm out of superlatives to use. It's just, it's unreal.
0: It is unreal. And, uh, we don't have a lot of words to describe it. That's why I went out and got a bunch of guests so they could describe it. We'll be talking with Wisconsin assistant coach Joe Kravinov coming up in a little bit. Also, a former Badgers guard Josh Gosser and former Wisconsin coach Bo Ryan. So we'll get their takes on exactly what went down here these last six weeks. And again, they won eight straight games. After being six and six in the conference, after losing Kobe, after watching Kobe King walk away, after all the stuff they dealt with with Howard Moore, and that continues to push them, continues to galvanize them, uh, continues to bond them. That, that whole situation, Eric Allen situation, that Micah Potter, you know, not going to, not being eligible for the first 10 games of the season and then taking him a little bit of a stretch to get going again. All these things uh, molded them into the team that they are right now. And they're the one seed in the Big Ten tournament. And it's the fifth time in school history it's happened, but I think it's also probably the most improbable. I, I know we talked about the 2002 team where it was Bo's first year and you weren't really sure what to expect out of that, and they came kind of came out of nowhere to tie for the conference title that year. But to me, this is even more impressive than that. It, because the Big Ten's better.
1: Yeah, they very well might get 10 yeah. teams in the NCAA tournament this year. And you look at the bracket and you see that Wisconsin's going to play either a Rutgers or a Michigan that's an 8-9 game to start. I mean, wow. In a lot of other years, that that's a top four in the Big Ten. So that that says a lot. And it almost looks like two totally different teams, just what we've seen here down the stretch. Earlier in the season, and we talked about this on multiple occasions, that we just we didn't know what to expect from Wisconsin game to game. Are they going to go 2-for-26 from 3? Are they going to make our school record 18 threes against Nebraska? What's it going to look like? They've been pretty consistent down the stretch. And I, I also think... Their toughness has really come out. You look at that Indiana game, and it could have gone south very easily because the Hoosiers built a nine-point lead. Assembly Hall is rocking, and Wisconsin doesn't flinch, to use a Barry Alvarez term, and they come right back. And that is the staple that you have to have if you're going to be successful in the postseason because things like that are going to happen, and they just have been fantastic.
0: I was telling you off the air, when they went down nine, I started writing the uh, our little for our website, of the, the loss. Uh, their, their, their attempt at a Big Ten title, the clincher share of the Big Ten title, had come to an end. And, you know, f- five minutes later, they're up 56 51. You know, it was just a remarkable comeback. And, and Greg talked about it when he got back. Uh, to Madison, he talked about it after the game, but he also talked about it when we got back to Madison with the reporters and said that was a, a microcosm of our season. Like we we get down, uh, we were down, we were behind the the eight ball, and we fought back. We didn't uh, lose our cool. We just kept on going and and kept on playing and did some things better, and we ended up winning. That that was his message, and it it's true. I mean, Indiana missed some some shots, right? But I thought Wisconsin's defense kind of forced him into some, to miss shots late in that game. And, you know, and then you don't have to make, to make Trice hasn't scored all game. He gets around the corner, pulls up for that little, the little jumper. And then later on the, uh, the, the runner that he gets to go. And then he, his layup misses Nate Reaver's right there to put it back. I mean, they made all the little plays in the second half. And they get it from multiple guys is,
1: is the key thing. And it's, it's why this team is where they are. Four different players scoring double figures, and Nate Reavers, who I think hasn't had some of his best games down the stretch, but now is coming back on strong again, winds up leading the team with 17 points. In this eight-game winning streak, six different players have led the team in scoring. And I think that, to me, is if I had to pick one stat that sort of defines this team and what the Badgers have been able to do, that's it. That makes it really hard to, for a team to defend. And so I, I think they've got something something special going. And in regardless of what happens in the Big Ten tournament or the NCAA tournament, we know a lot of times you're defined by whatever happens in these next few weeks, and understandably so, and that will certainly be a large part of the story of this team. But what they've accomplished to this point should be remembered for a long, long time, given everything this group has gone through and had to overcome.
0: Right. No, there's no doubt. But I'll, I'll say Big Ten titles are Big Ten titles, man. That When, when you would get a Big Ten title, you are on the facade. They are Big Ten titles. You can't take that away. Like the 2002 team, they lost to Maryland in the second round that didn't diminish what they did that year um, same thing with the 2003 te- or the 2003 team that would end up losing to to Kentucky in the in the third round like those those things it it doesn't take away from that you still remember them as big 10 title teams like i guarantee you a majority of people could not tell you who they lost to in the NCAA tournament that year
1: they think, or that they lost the first Big Ten tournament right, game to Ohio State,
0: or they they lost their first game both week both years uh, that they the number one seed the first two times that they were number one seed 2002 and 2003 they ended up losing that week. But their Big Ten titles, like who cares? You know what I mean? Uh, 2008 they won both the uh, tournament title and the conference the regular season title and the uh, conference tournament title. But and that's what they're remembered for. They're not remembered for what happened in the NCAA tournament. Now it, the 2015 team that would have been remembered for. Uh, bad things had they not done what they did, but I think for the moment, and maybe it, maybe the NCAA tournament has become just even more important here in these last 10 years than maybe it was 20 years ago, but they're Big Ten titles, man. You gonna remember it no matter what. Yeah, it's a big deal, and,
1: and especially how they got there and how challenging the league was, and the fact that they were able to go on the road down the stretch and close the way they did because... Remember earlier in the season we had an over under on how many road games they'd win, and I think we, it <laughs> we said two. At two. <laughs> and it was a really difficult question to answer. And here in the last few games, they've just been they've just been great, and they've done it in some hostile environments. You look at the Michigan and the Indiana game to close; it's it's pretty
0: special. Yeah, I mean, winning at Penn State, winning at Ohio State earlier in the year like those those are those are fantastic wins, and even you know even go to Nebraska and getting a win, uh, which was much easier this year than it, than it has been in past yeah. years, but what the team did what they were able to accomplish was significant and it also led to a lot of people having to to eat some crow about Greg Gard like i I'll sit here and eat, eat crow and say yeah i thought they were going to go 5 and 2 down the stretch i didn't think they were going to go 8 i didn't think they were going go 7-0 you know down and i didn't think that they were going to win a big 10 title and i didn't think they were going to beat indiana like i'll eat all that but i think there's a lot of people a month and change ago that were calling for Greg Gard's job that have a lot more eating of crow to do
1: you know, both of us thought that was total nonsense at the time. It, it because was. It, there's, it's it a knee-jerk reaction to something that's happening in the moment, and and different issues were being conflated with other issues, and it was just it was not an accurate picture of what was going on. But obviously, the last month has quelled all of that debate, and Greg Gard, Big Ten Coach of the Year, very possible.
0: Yeah, as we're recording this uh, Monday morning, we'll find out. Monday afternoon, if that is that will end up being the case or not, I don't know how he couldn't. Um, USA Today is at Gannett, uh, and all those all those people they uh, they voted him as the coach of the year in the Big Ten. So uh, we'll, we'll see if uh, the official Big Ten awards end up honoring Greg Garb. He deserves it, right? I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. Based on what they've done, based on what they've been through, based on what they've gone through and accomplished. They deserve it. The players, though, also like and they may not get a first team, second team, or third team guy. I think Michael Potter probably deserves to be uh, the sixth man. You know, he played in eighteen of the twenty Big Ten games, so it's not like he was only here for a certain a small amount of time. He was there for eighteen of the twenty, and he was fantastic off the bench. Like he was instant offense off the bench. Do you? I mean. I don't even want to go to this because by the time a lot of people listen to this, it's going to be irrelevant. But do you think anybody deserves? I mean, I I, I could be I consider and say like I can understand that. Like I can understand them not getting anybody because it's the full resume, not just what you've done over the last eight games. Well, does anyone deserve to be on the three all Big Ten teams? That's what, what I'm asking. Yes. Who? Well, who, who, who's who deserves to be up there? I'm not. I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying I can understand why they would not be. Nate Reavers and to me. Demetric Trice and I don't know
1: you know where that's it's where such a that's good fall. There's it's, a lot of great point guards, yeah. But I, I, Meach playing as well as
0: anybody down the stretch.
1: Yeah, I mean he's got 126 assists and he's been really good. But you're right that that's the challenge. Is I mean there are so many fantastic players. I, I I would be stunned if there isn't a single guy on the on the three teams. And if there was one, I I would say Nate because he is the leading scorer and he's been really good for long stretches of this season. On the team that earned the number one seed in the Big Ten
0: tournament, yeah, no, he was. I just there's so many good big men, there's so many talented uh, guards. Like it's going to be hard. I, I think it is going to be very, very hard for them to uh, to crack it. But again, as I'm sitting here and, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, just because we'll all know whether it happens or not uh, here in a, in a few hours. But we'll talk about the Big Ten tournament with with Joe Kravinoff coming up a little bit. But who's your favorite to win that? Flip a coin?
1: Can I just say Michigan State because Tom Izzo's coaching them and it's March? You can. I'm I'm not
0: going to I'm not going to deny that. Okay,
1: they have Cassius Winston. You so. got Cassius Winston.
0: You know, um Maryland kind of stumbled to, to the finish line, but I thought they played well obviously to beat Michigan. Where would you put Wisconsin in that mix?
1: I mean, they I can't say anything other than to, to say that they are right there and I it really is a coin flip. You look at all these teams they all beat each other. It is a very difficult road, as it would be for any team, but for Wisconsin to win three consecutive games against either Michigan or Rutgers, and then potentially it's going to be Illinois or Iowa, you would assume. Iowa's got to play that uh, game to get into the quarterfinal. And, and Iowa's got probably the Big Ten Player of the Year in Garza. Probably. And then you've got potentially Michigan State or, or Maryland. I mean, that would be as impressive as the three-game run as, as you've seen in a Big Ten tournament for a one-seed So, they're right there. There's a part of me that thinks, this question comes up a lot this time of year, and I say you can spin it however you want. Is it better to lose early in the Big Ten tournament or to win a conference tournament championship? Honestly, it'd be great, if, obviously, for the program to win three straight and then have 11 straight wins. But you could wind up playing Thursday at noon somewhere randomly with less than four days rest to to turn around and, and and get prepared, so I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if you lose early. Not that the players or coaches are approaching it that
0: way. Yeah, no, uh, they get they got five days off. Sun, you know, Sunday until Thursday, they don't play until Friday, so they've they've gotten enough time off. And yeah, three games in three days is tough. But I think that if they can get by Rutgers or, or Michigan, they would love to see Illinois again. I, I think because of all their revenge tour. I mean, they 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 were able to. Take revenge against Rutgers. They are able to take revenge against Michigan State, uh, Minnesota, and Purdue. Illinois would be the one team that they did not get a chance to get back on, and that would give them up that opportunity. So, I mean, Illinois is playing well, and Iodisumo continues to just be an absolute beast at the end of games. Uh, did it against Wisconsin, but did it against Iowa as well. He's 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 as good of a closer as there is in the Big Ten. So, but I I, that, I think that'd be a fun matchup to to see those two teams again because Wisconsin blew that game down the stretch. There's no doubt about it, and I. Guarantee you, Maryland would love to see Wisconsin again, too, because they felt that they blew that game down the stretch. So it could be an epic tournament, because I don't think there is a true, truth. F- I mean, obviously, Michigan State, I think, is probably the betting favorite, but I don't think there's a true team you just point to and say, yep, they're guarantee they're going to be in the final, Guarantee they're going to win this thing.
1: Wisconsin finished 15-1 and at home this year, which is remarkable. And that one loss was the game that the Badgers should have won that Illinois wound up pulling out. So I, I think you're right, as this so-called revenge tour has taken place when Wisconsin has come back to beat every team that it lost to initially here down the stretch. They'd love to see the Illini, and I imagine Badgers fans would want to see that matchup too, but Iowa would be pretty fun as well. Wisconsin and Iowa just have developed such a great rivalry, and given what happened the last time they played at Carver-Hawkeye, that would be a fun
0: one as well. All right, time to get into a little sold or not sold. Sold or not sold, Jesse. Micah Potter has been this team's MVP. Wow. Wow.
1: Sold. Okay. <laughs> uh, even though in the in the a previous segment I said that I thought Nate Reavers would be the one guy that should be on one of those three All Big Ten teams, it's pretty clear that this team has looked entirely different since Micah got back into the fold. You see, they're five and five without him and sixteen and five with him, and they've won eight straight games. And obviously, there are a number of guys that have contributed, but. He's basically been instant offense on the bench. He's provided a physical presence, even in that Indiana game. Look what happened when he was on the bench. You saw Indiana was getting a bunch of rebounds, and Micah comes back in, and that stops almost immediately. And that's the kind of stuff that it would have made a huge difference earlier in the season. Go back to the opener against St. Mary's, which we've talked Mm -hmm. about ad nauseum. So I think what he provides in the front court, the ability for Nate Reavers to not have to carry as big of a load, and the emotional lift too, which is worth mentioning because we talked about this before. He's the towel waver on the bench. He's getting everybody up in the Kohl Center. So I'll
0: say yes, I'm sold. Sold or not sold, Wisconsin is a second weekend tournament team. Well, if I have to pick between the two, I'm sold now. Not that my <laughs> opinion has probably
1: mattered that much to them at this point of the season, but I go back to the toughness that they showed. and And they are a team now that is capable of being behind for long stretches in the tournament game, let's say first or second round. I mean, if they're a four seed, then it's a four or five matchup. It's toss up essentially in a a round of 32 game. And so it can go either way. And if they get down seven or nine points, like they did on the road at Indiana, they are confident in themselves and they're talented enough to win. So we know there's going to be at least one game in the tournament. That's it's a heart stopper and it maybe shouldn't go their way. And if you can squeeze past that, then you can do some damage. So, Absolutely. And if they're a four seed, then technically they're favored to get out of the first weekend.
0: Do you think they're a a second weekend team? I've doubted them all year. So I don't know why I would stop now, except the fact that they've won eight straight and that they've done it in different ways. They did it with offense for the first five games of the streak. Did it for defense with defense against especially against Minnesota. Had a little bit of both against Indiana. They didn't necessarily play great against Indiana by any stretch, but they played great when they needed to. I think it's going to matter on the draw, man. It's that's that's what it, that's what the tournament always comes down to. It always does, especially with a Wisconsin team, who could give certain teams trouble, but other teams could give them trouble. Like that's just that's just how it goes. So we'll see, uh, sold or not sold. Wisconsin should wear their throwback jerseys throughout the Big Ten tournament as number one seed. Sold. Why not unbeaten? It has worked every game so far. Why would you change now? Yeah, uh, and likely if they're in a I, so, would you wear them into the NCAA tournament too? Yes, okay. of course. All right. I'm just asking.
1: You can't you can't mess with a, with a good thing now. Yeah. What would happen if you wore it through the Big Ten tournament? You were 11 and 0, and then
0: you didn't wear it in the first game and you lost. You'd be you'd be in trouble. There'd be some. Yes. There'd be some. There'd be some upset people. Uh, some some of the fire guard people would be back on the bandwagon. Fire uh, the equipment manager. I don't yes. know. I'm I don't know. Like I, I I the fact that they are the one seed. I think they'll continue to. I think they'll wear them.
1: And I would say also about the Big Ten tournament when I was saying before doesn't matter if you, you lose early or you win, go all the way and win. I don't think winning the Big Ten tournament would necessarily impact their seed at this point for the NCAA tournament. If the the ceiling is a four. And if it, at if it least is. The ceiling, yes. The, the, the highest they could get is a four. So maybe it's the difference between a four and a five. No, no. But I, I, I'm asking if it is. Is, it,
0: is the ceiling the four?
1: I think so. Okay, maybe, because... You well, think I mean, they could get up to a three if they won their last 11 and... Potentially, they could. I don't know. Like, like, I, like I don't think that they'd have cha-
0: ten losses. I, I don't think the championship game matters, but getting to the championship game could matter. You know what I mean? Like, I we we've always said this. Uh, you know that getting to the game is more important than actually winning the game in terms I think of in terms of your NCAA seeding because at that point, an hour before the you know an hour before the uh, ball, uh, brackets are about to be announced, there's not going to be a whole lot of changing and switching between seeds, and especially for. The Big Ten, because there's going to be so many teams in it, you're not going to be able to move a team like here or there or there. Or maybe I mean, is I mean, if if Wisconsin moves all the way up, are they? Do they get? Did they just have like Michigan State and Wisconsin? And if it's Wisconsin wins the title, they're the three seed, and Michigan State's the four. Uh, or if it's Maryland, the other like, how does that like? Maybe you could do it that way, but I think for the most part, it's just if you get there, it could help your seed. I'm not saying a three seed. I'm just wondering if four do you think is the ceiling in your opinion?
1: I think that it is. This is even if they win their last eleven, which would be obviously unbelievable. They'd be twenty-four and ten. They'd still be a ten-loss team. And so, if you're a three-seed, are they a top twelve team in the country at that point? They might be close, but I I still feel like four is the ceiling. And if they lose the first game, maybe it's a five. I don't know how much that impacts where they wind up in the NCAA tournament. You're going to be in a four or five matchup in the second game anyway. That Sweet 16 matchup would be awfully fun because then they'd be playing a one seed and it could be, it could run the gamut. I mean, Dayton's a potential one, Kansas and Baylor and Gonzaga are potential ones. I know we're not there yet, but the possibilities no. are endless and it's fun. But let's focus on the Big Ten tournament for now. So yeah. I got ahead of myself.
0: Yeah. And Wisconsin will play either Rutgers or Michigan on Friday morning. And we do welcome in Wisconsin assistant coach Joe Krabinov. Uh Joe, thanks for joining us. A big weekend for you guys down in Indiana, beating beating Indiana and, and winning a share of the Big Ten title. I want to start, though, in the locker room afterwards and the video that caught all of you guys dancing, the assistant coaches dancing along with Coach Greg Gard. I want to first grade your own performance. Uh, was that a little back that up? What was going on there?
2: <laughs> I want to apologize to uh, anybody that... Um is under the age of 21, <laughs> especially my own kids. They were, they were laughing last night, trying to imitate it in my living room here. Uh, no, we were just having fun. That's, uh, I thought Coach Guard won the award for uh, pulling out all the, the, the dad dance moves. He even did the sprinkler. I don't know if he caught it. But uh, that, uh, we were just uh, having fun for our guys. They, they don't get to see that side of us too often. And uh, it was just, a, you get caught up in the moment and just having fun. And uh, um, that, that's what it's all about. Our guys enjoyed that moment and bringing that trophy in. And uh, But those dance moves, uh, I promise you they won't come out unless we're uh, cutting more nets down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, was I was going to ask that. Is that just a release of emotions that have been pent up over the last eight months? Like, is that just all coming out in that locker room?
2: Yeah yeah not in the dance moves specifically. Right. <laughs> no but the the emotions in the locker room absolutely. I I I think you you start with uh you know with obviously with our with our brother and our friend coach Moore and uh his family and what they've been through and uh knowing that we had uh, two special helpers with us, you know, all season and they'll stay with us and continue with us win or lose and uh I think those emotions more than anything uh were coming out um from our guys, from our staff and uh everybody involved, uh, there the community, uh, the fans. I could feel it when we got back to the Kohl Center. And uh, uh, pretty special t- uh, to have a season that we've had um, to end up with a trophy. Um, and, and we were doing it all for one guy. I can promise you that.
1: We've heard a lot and talked a lot about how this team has come together in the face of adversity, and you mentioned um, one of those ways. As a coach that's around this team every day, in what ways have you outwardly seen – this team coming together in the last month? What are some things that perhaps people outside the program haven't had an opportunity to see?
2: I mean, it's just, it, it's, a, it's every day. It's hard to really put that in words and, and answer that with a direct, you know, answer. But uh, you see it in everything we do um, from from the way the guys come together in the locker room. And you can just tell their, their, their tightness, their closeness has, has grown um, over the past eight to ten months um you know when we go on the road and we're traveling and you know we did we did some meals without phones this year and you could just tell them coming together closer than than any team i've been a part of since i've been back as an assistant and it it just you know you 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 don't you never want to have to come together because of a tragic incident but uh, the only way we could do something positive after such a horrific uh experience um and a horrific um tragedy to a family is to do what the next best thing to do and that's to come together and and start you know and continuing then try to lift your life up and do do what's right you know in honor of jen and jaden and, and the Moore family and in honor howard by by trying to be more like him and you know treating people the right way and Coming together, and I thought our guys did a great job of honoring him and honoring his wife and daughter, and, and the way they picked up Jarrell. You know, when he was at our games, at practices, behind scenes in the locker room, um, he's he's a part of this team, man. He wears the jersey to every game, and you know our guys really did a fantastic job of lifting him up.
1: From the outside, this seems like one of the most amazing regular season runs for Wisconsin basketball we've seen in recent years, especially given everything the team has had to overcome. Does it feel that way to you as you're a part of it and it's happening or is it challenging because there are more goals on the horizon to sort of take in what this group has done to this point?
2: Yeah, most most years I would say it's hard to uh, you know, live in this moment and really appreciate a Big 10 title at this point because there's there is more to go get as a coach and as a competitor, right? But uh because of what we've been through, you know, we really I've been able to cherish the moments and the, you know, the little victories, the, the, the wins, you know, on the road and, you know, to go celebrate a big 10 title, you know, we, we, again, perspective was given to us. We didn't, we didn't want it, but it was, it was given to us in May and, you know, throughout the year thinking about this and uh, you know, you really appreciate these moments, but uh, this team has, has come together. You know, obviously the the, the adversity we faced in May is, is the main thing and, and something that um precedes anything else but then what this team went through without having micah potter for all those games with with uh, you know losing a, a teammate and kobe king deciding to transfer so they, they've been through a lot just internally you know the game in itself and uh, they've come together and individually they've grown their confidence is at an all-time high they've held each other accountable They've they've played really great basketball, so that's where you're excited about more to go get.
0: Obviously you mentioned Kobe King there and it feels like or you know, at least based on the numbers, that was kind of the turning point for you guys. Obviously lost at Iowa, came home, beat Michigan State, and then went to Minnesota and lost, but after that you went on the streak of eight straight games. Is that uh, was that a rallying cry or what how do we judge, you know, you guys with Kobe and then without? I mean it just it seems like two different teams.
2: Yeah, I mean Co uh, Kobe made a decision for himself, and you know, I in this answer I like to focus more on you know what what is inside that locker room currently and what they've done to come together and lift each each one of their games to a new level and collectively come together. And I think the addition of Micah Potter, um, he was still finding his way there in early January. You know, he was he had that moment at Penn State, but other than that, he was he was still. Figuring out some things defensively, still struggling offensively a little bit. So when he started coming along, you know, you lose a guy that's more minutes for him, more minutes for you know a lean forward, and, and I thought Trevor Anderson was a big lift. So everybody came together, and um, you know, like I said, they lifted their game. So it, 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 rallying cry, you know, I don't know, they they just they they realized that they weren't gonna. Hang their heads and and feel sorry for themselves. Nobody nobody on the outside was going to feel sorry for them, so they had to uh, you know put their heads down and, and go to work. And you are seeing the results of uh, a lot of guys putting in a lot of time to to help this program and help their teammates.
1: Dimitri Trice is one of those players who's really elevated his game in the last month or so, especially distributing the ball. Do you see a difference in his play, and in what ways has his playmaking ability helped this team thrive down the stretch?
2: Well a, a difference, yeah, just the consistency. We've always seen it in Demetrius Trice, you know, that's why he's here. That's why we we believe in him. He's been our starting point guard for, you know, the better half of two and a half, three years now. And uh if it weren't for that injury, you know, I think you would see this would have seen this a little earlier. He's just he's growing up, he's coming into his own as a as a point guard and a player. He's he's learned um from some really good ones that were his teammates, he's playing against Some of the best point guards in the country. So he's taken some things over the years and applied it to his game. And you're seeing a complete point guard now. And you know we've we've always believed in Demetric Trice, and we never wavered whether you know shots were going in or you know turnovers here and there. We knew he had it in him because he had shown us so much you know over the years and his commitment to this program and team has has been fantastic. So um, just a really you know his game is is playing at an all time level. But um, Demetric Trice is one of the best kids I've been around, best young men I've ever been around, and uh, his mom and dad have done a great job, obviously, he comes from a background, a great background of a uh, basketball family and, and those types of things, so it's in his blood, but uh, what a what a tremendous kid, and I, I couldn't be happier for him to have this success individually and to uh, to hold up that trophy because uh, I know at home his brother's got a few on the mantle from his days at Michigan State, so uh, now he can add one himself from, uh, from the Wisconsin side.
0: Uh, this is kind of off the wall, but uh, can you hear his mom in the stands when there's an opposing player at the free throw line?
2: There was Yeah. For, she's been doing it forever. Yeah. I, I didn't know where it was coming from, but then I turned around one time and I saw it was her. And of course we can hear it, especially on the road when it gets really – like Indiana, it was hilarious. And then you hear the opposing student section boo her and get on her, but she doesn't care. She She's helping that percentage for us. So I I keep encouraging her to do it. <laughs>
0: Joe, one of the things
1: that makes this team special is that there's so many different players who contribute, and you don't necessarily know where it's going to come from on a given night. During this eight-game winning streak, six different players have led the team in scoring. How much more dangerous do you think it makes Wisconsin in the postseason as teams have to prepare for that?
2: Yeah, I mean, going back to my days, just playing against teams like this or being a part of a team like this, it's so much fun. And when you're going against a team, it's so hard because – uh, we're putting together scouting reports trying to take away what the other team does well, right? That's, that's the whole point. And uh, when you look at a Wisconsin Badger team, this this team right now, what what do you try to take? We try to take away Micah or Trice, and then you got guys like Reavers and Pritzel and, you know, Davidson steps up, Valine Ford. So we have so many weapons. You, you know, you'd like to think on any given night, we could have two to three, four guys step up and, you know, pick each other up. So that's, that's what you want, especially going into this time of year where, um, you know, in, in win or go home situations, you want to have multiple guys that can step up and they've done it throughout the year. So their confidence, each one of them feels like on any given night, it could be their night, but at the same time, knowing when it's not their night that they can continue to help this team. I've seen guys pick up, you know, their game, like, um, when Demetri Trice didn't have a great 35 minutes versus Indiana, you know, scoring the ball, but hit a couple big shots late, was consistent with his defense in the second half, shut Devontae Green down to no points, And so, even when the ball's not going in for you, these guys have still figured out a way to help their team.
1: As we look ahead to the Big Ten tournament, the Badgers have the one seed and have that double bye and will play the winner of the Rutgers-Michigan game. That says a lot about how tough the Big Ten is this season, that those teams are in the 8-9 matchup, but what are the challenges that each of those teams present? Knowing that you guys have faced them already, and you've had to scout them and prepare for them already.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's two two really good programs, really good teams that uh, are, are certainly going to hear their name called uh, on Sunday, playing in the Big Dance. So, uh, you know, led by two really good point guards, Xavier Simpson. Kind of done in a different way, though. Xavier Simpson can can beat you. At, you know, finding guys get. get 10, 12 assists a night, which we try to limit. We try to, you know, make them do the other thing. And then Geo Baker, who's maybe the best closer in all of basketball late game, you know, he can get a shot off against anybody. So uh, led by two really good point guards. Um, but but two battle-tested teams in the Big Ten. You know, we've, we lost one early. The Rutgers had a tight one here against them. Michigan, obviously, on the road. Um, we were able to play really well offensively, but... Either one, you know, they're they're coming off a loss to us, and they're they're going to want a little revenge. We we've kind of went on our revenge tour, you know, having lost some games early in the year, and you have a little extra motivation there. So uh, that's going to be their story. But you know, as far as we go, we prepare. We've gotten a couple days to get some rest. Got a couple more days. We got to take advantage of these days off and and make sure our legs are fresh going into uh, you know tournament time where you could be playing a lot of games in a short
0: amount of days. Going back to Saturday. For anybody that's unfamiliar, usually post-game press conferences involve the coach and a few players. When Greg came to the press conference room on on Saturday, he brought you and Lando and Dean all with him. How special was that in your mind to be able to be a part of that? And and what does it say about Greg Gard that he wants you in there?
2: Uh, I mean, it says so much about Coach Gard. And all we could think about at that moment was was wishing that Howard Moore was in in there with us. Um, but, uh, that, that's just the kind of man Greg Gard is, you know, he, he never takes the credit. He'll always take all the blame on his shoulders and, uh, he, he, he cares a lot about people and, you know, he's, he's from Cobb, Wisconsin. He's never tried to be anybody different. Um, he's very thankful, um, for all the work and time that, uh, his players, his staff, you know, the support staff, people who are behind the scenes, he's always, complimentary of everybody we have he walked off the bus he went right over to our student managers and gave them all a hug that were waiting there for us and thanked them all for all their work they put in so um, he, he's just a tremendous guy and such a great example for for all the young men we have in our program of uh, how to treat people and that's what's important and uh, um, it was an honor to be in there with him and uh, you know I hope later today we hear his name call for coach of the year because No one is more deserving. There are a lot of really good coaches in this this league, some of the best in the country, but no one this year is more deserving than Greg Gard.
0: You and Orlando both have won titles as players, and now you've both won ones as assistant coaches. Is there a huge difference in the way that you feel about those? Does it feel different when you're lifting that trophy or touching the trophy?
2: It feels no different. Um, Orlando and I both were talking about it. only difference is during those 40 minutes we we can't get out there and and play our part anymore we we do some behind the scenes and like to think we you know give our guys an advantage here and there with things we may be able to see or say to them but uh uh, the guys are out there playing it's a player's game so when when you're a player you feel like you have a little more of an impact but uh um, certainly feels just as sweet um it was a pretty cool moment for tuck and i both to hold that trophy again knowing that we had touched it before many many years ago but uh Uh, The the tradition of this program and the excellence of this program is is alive and well, and uh, that's thanks to all the work that uh, each and every one of those guys has put in. But uh, a lot of texts from former teammates, former players I've coached here, uh, former Badgers, that uh, uh, were saying congrats and what a great job we've done. And and that just uh, uh, speaks volumes to the the type of program this is and how much those guys care because there wasn't a single – Former player that wasn't watching this weekend, and uh, they they enjoyed it just as much as everyone in that building on, uh, at Assembly Hall.
0: Uh, Dean obviously got his hands on the title as well. I believe he's. I think I saw somewhere he's the first Iowa Hawkeye to touch the Big Ten trophy in 40 years. So he's got that going for him as well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you can't beat him, join the <laughs> <Blind>, uh, <laughs> he's sticking with it. But uh, he's been he's been a huge addition. Uh, talk about the play of Demetric Trice and our guards here down the stretch. Uh, they're seeing. Seeing the game through his lenses, and no, no one, no one is able to see that position better than Dean Oliver, and he's been fantastic and just a great representative for our school.
0: No doubt, Joe. Thank you very much for your time.
2: All right, guys, take care. We'll talk to you soon. All
0: right, there he is, Wisconsin assistant coach Joe Krabenhoff. And we do bring in former Badger Josh Gosser here on the swing, uh, Josh thanks for joining first of all you were in Phoenix uh, celebrating uh, with Frank Kaminsky and Ben Bruss and some other former teammates having a good time down there obviously it was not just re- you know related to the basketball team playing Indiana but it kind of worked out what was that experience like how fun was that
3: we had a blast we had a blast yeah it was it was kind of a impromptu little trip me and my wife planned to go down to Phoenix to visit Frank and uh, Ben Bross and Dan Fahey had texted me a few weeks ago, like, we we need to get some warm weather, we should do something, and I was just like, I'm, I'm going to Phoenix to visit Frank if you want to join, and they did, and we we just had a great time, we went to Frank's game Friday night, he obviously didn't play, he's get, going through injury, but it was cool to do that, and hung out by his uh, pool all Saturday, watched the Badger game, and just, uh, had a good day and night, and, now we're uh, back here struggling a little bit, but it's it's good. It, it was a lot of fun. It was great to see Frank and just have a little fun, you know, with, with some former teammates and friends.
0: It, he looked like he was having fun. We, You know, obviously Ben posted a video of uh, Frank <laughs> in, in, in some party gear there um, celebrating the Big Ten Championship. But it, what was it like watching the game with those guys?
3: It was a blast. Yeah, Frank actually was at practice during the game, so oh, he didn't okay. get, to, get to watch any of it, unfortunately. But, yeah, we were just – we crashed his house, so we were just hanging out at his house all day while he was gone. And we were just, we were into it. It was, it looked bleak at times in a way, but I just felt like if we could keep it within, you know, four or five, six points, you know, we just had to wear with all at the end of games to to pull it out just with our toughness and grit that we've shown and confidence in the past few games. And and Indiana's, Indiana, they, you know, we've dominated them over the past decade or so. And I just felt like if we could keep it close, we could. Find a way to do it, and it was just a lot of fun. It was it was it was a good thing to wake up to because the game started at like ten a.m. So it was a fun start, and then we just got to enjoy the rest of the day and celebrate a little bit and have some fun.
1: Josh, what did you and your former teammates think a month ago about this team? What what were the discussions like, being a diehard Badger and and seeing what was happening?
3: Yeah, I think we were, we were just trying to, to rally together and stay positive. You know. It, the last thing you want to do is to buy into the outside noise because because it can be easy if all you're hearing and seeing is negativity. It can be somewhat easy to just you know think that's the way you should be feeling too. but in in all reality, we still definitely believed in this team and, and this coaching staff especially just just knowing what they do and how they go through things because we we've been through it ourselves and we just felt like there was, was a really strong recipe of success if the guys could buy in and collectively come together and and just play more confidently and aggressive and just completely buy in. And it's clear that they, they have in the past few weeks. And when you do that, you know, you can do some pretty special things. And it's been evident. I mean, it's there's no better, you know, testimony to what we just did the past few weeks that if you just buy in as a team, regardless of talent, regardless of this or that, play together, I mean, that's the best trait you can have as a team than anything else
1: you talk about the importance of buying in but just on the court what do you think's been the key to this turnaround in your mind
3: i think it's just the overall confidence of guys you know just ancillary pieces like i'd specifically say lean Ford and brevin pritzel just their confidence i mean they, those guys are old dudes in college basketball terms they've been around a while they should be playing like that you know and they and they weren't doing that at the beginning of the year you know brevin wasn't wasn't rising and firing when he got the ball with a little bit of space. He he just wasn't that confident. Aleem wasn't attacking the rim and bodying and guys and, and being passionate and, and flexing, and he's doing that stuff now. It, it just sparks the entire team. But I do think, you know, obviously the additional Micah Potter, I think beyond his just on the court, points, rebounds, whatever, I think his his energy and his passion that have just springboarded to the rest of the team, like Alim Brevin, just seeing him go out there and just catching fire with that confidence and scream and show passion i think that resonates to the rest of the team that yeah we can also just catch and rise and fire and drive to the hoop and be aggressive and and show some energy i think his just passion and energy you know just folded it down to the rest of the guys
0: obviously in this this stretch these eight straight games have all come since kobe king left the team and it's I mean, I mean, obviously they lost to Iowa and uh, Minnesota before that, but uh, you know, nine and two without him in the lineup at the time. Demetrius Trice said uh, a semblance of this, saying it was kind of addition by subtraction. What do you do? You believe in that? Do you think that was what happened here?
3: Yeah, I wouldn't say addition by subtraction. That's a little,
0: that's a little, little rough, right? That's a little not harsh. Disrespectful to Kobe, but yeah. it,
3: But the reality is, is it can sometimes help because it forces guys, you know. We didn't have many like alpha males like Olem and Brevin and Dimitrik and Brad. They're all such nice kids. We talked about this before, and now having Kobe gone, it just it forced them to be the guy and forced them to step up. And like, I need to actually go now. <laughs> and when Kobe was on the team, it was kind of like he was. They were looking. They were all looking around like, who's going to be the guy? Who's going to step up? And it just individually forced everyone to to collectively get better. So. In that regard, it was definitely addition by subtraction, but Kobe's a fantastic player. He's he's really talented, and that doesn't take anything away from him. It just happened that it worked out pretty well for us, and maybe it'll work out for him too.
1: Josh, your team five years ago won the Big Ten regular season title and then had the one seed going into the Big Ten tournament. That's the same position that the Badgers are in this week. What was it like going into that tournament? It was a different set of circumstances because you guys were – one of the best teams in the country at that time, but did you feel pressure that you had to win the Big Ten tournament, or did you feel like the regular season was enough? What do you remember feeling going into that week?
3: Yeah, it was weird. It was it was way different than any other team I've been on. And I think a lot different than this. It was just like, all right, this is the next game. We're gonna go play it, and we're, we were just having fun. We were we were kind of oblivious to everything. I think I think that's what made us good. We were just having fun in the locker room, just joking around, just going to the next play, just going to the next game. And we obviously had big goals in mind. And I think the, the only pressure we had was that none of us on the team, and we had a bunch of older guys. You know, none of us had won a Big Ten tournament title, so it was a big goal for us to to really solidify a our season, but also our careers, just because it, it is a big accomplishment to to win the regular season and then the tournament and just solidify how good you are as a team. And it was tough, you know, the Big Ten tournament. It's it's a grind. It's going to be difficult to. You're not going to win many games by 20, so you're going to have to be able to close games out and. Yeah, I just remember that mindset of just day by day, game at a time, and it worked out pretty well.
1: Greg Gard took some flack earlier in the season. When when things aren't going right, people want to place blame somewhere, and generally it goes toward the head coach. You obviously were coached by Greg. What's this season said about him and given what has happened throughout the year?
3: I mean, I think it just shows how, how steady he is and how, I mean, he just, I wouldn't say he's like an easy target, it's just he's very unassuming and quiet, and he doesn't have that, you know, outward personality that a Bull Ryan has or a, a Tom Izzo or, you know, some of these guys around the country. So he's very easy to, to go after because he's not going to fight back. He's not going to say anything controversial necessarily in the media. And uh, quite honestly, I never really understood it completely just because it wasn't like, you know, the the biggest downfall we had was being, what, a projected 11th seed in the tournament. Like, it was never like we were. Five and eleven, uh, anything like you know what Northwestern is going through right now. So we weren't that bad. It just fans had a perception of what they wanted this program to be. And uh, Zach and I had talked before. It was kind of like they want everything to be like that 2015 team, and I think that's just unrealistic. And you know, it's kind of an outlier of a situation. So what this team has been this year has been what most Wisconsin teams have been: really competitive, near the top of the standings in the NCAA tournament and getting better as the year goes on. And that's exactly what this team has done. And it shows how how good of a coach Coach Guard is and that all the guys now have rallied behind him. And now he's he's got that background history that now guys are like, all right, he's our guy. And now I think guys really start to believe in him and the fans as well, which is really important.
0: Right, right. I get, I get all that, but I mean, you're, you're very, you're being very nice to all the people that were crapping on him a month and a <laughs> half ago. I mean, there were, there was a fire guard ASAP thing down in Og on campus. I mean, it, it was just a huge overreaction, nonsense, BS. And I feel like you, come on, Josh, tell, tell me how you really feel about the way that they trashed him because it, it was, it was <laughs> BS.
3: No, it, I mean, it was. I think it was just, it was more so just people not being educated. Yes, I think they were just, like I said, he was an easy target and people are just frustrated for no reason. I think they knew it all and they really don't understand what it's like and how hard it is to win. And he was winning still. And I think people, I mean, people are, they're not smart. They don't get it. (laughs) And if they're going to find a way to need to trash someone, that's just the negativity that people have. And I think it's ridiculous. And I think it just goes to show how strong coach guard is as a person to be able to stick with it. And to really focus on what matters and rally his team. Because I mean, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. This this group of guys isn't the most talented we've ever had, but he got them to buy in and come together as a team and that that goes to show just how good of a coach he is.
0: And it also makes some Big Ten champions as they took care of Indiana on Saturday and now they're going to the Big Ten tournament as a number one seed, trying to repeat what you guys did five years ago and win the Big Ten regular season and Big Ten tournament title. Josh, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you guys. All right, there he is. Josh Gosser here on the swing. And we do bring in former Wisconsin coach Bo Ryan here on the swing. Uh, Bo, obviously, a huge year for Wisconsin, especially this last month. They go on a run, win eight straight games, and win their first Big Ten regular season title since twenty fifteen. I know, obviously, you're out in California, but I'm sure you have an eye on the on the TVs when they're when they're playing. How special was this run, and how special was was Saturday to see Greg, your longtime assistant, get his first uh, title as a head coach.
4: Well, I think uh, goes without saying that what this team did this year uh, will be remembered for a long time. I mean, just the just the way the um, the year started, even before they hit the floor, um, the tragedy with Coach Moore and this family, uh, and, and the way they recovered from that, the way they the way they just went to went to work and just. Uh, put themselves in position to say, okay, we're going to make a statement with our play. And Coach Guard handled everything, and his staff uh, from within uh, handled it with class and uh, really kept the guys focused. I had a chance to go to some practices, and uh, I actually went uh, to their scrimmage, their secret scrimmage that they had. Uh, You'll have to erase this interview (laughs) when you're done. (laughs) <laughs> cause you're not allowed to keep that. No, I, yeah. but I got a chance to see him play, and said, "You know what? Uh, this." Uh, and having not seen him practice. I knew what Potter could bring because uh, we actually looked at him my last year, um, and then Ohio State jumped on him really hard right away. But fortunately, he ended up at, at Wisconsin. So it, just the just the whole. Uh, coaching staff and everybody, especially Eric Helen, what he has done with the guys physically. uh, There's not a better strength coach in the country than him. Uh, So everybody around the program just rolled their sleeves up, went to work and that includes the student athletes and they they just made up their mind they weren't going to be denied. And, And it showed in the way they played and I'm looking at in my mind last year's games towards the second half of the season we didn't shoot it real well and this year we're shooting it well uh much more consistently and it's amazing when the ball goes in guys good things happen
0: <laughs> Te- teams so look a least. lot yeah teams just look a really, lot better just really proud of the guys yeah teams look a lot better when the shot when when the ball goes in uh the basket
4: <laughs> yeah some of you guys look good at the shell
0: right uh, <laughs> exactly
4: when the ball goes yeah. in, or the the gnat or whatever else, the surf, whatever else is still around on campus.
1: (laughs) Bo, did you have conversations during the season with Greg? Obviously, I know you've been a mentor for him for for so long. Uh, When he was going through some struggles, um, do you still have conversations with him in season? And and what advice do you you try to give him at this stage?
4: Well, anytime you you get into uh, relationships, it's a relationship because it's Greg and I talking to one another. So for me to, for me to expound upon, uh, things that we talk about, you know, it's, you know, we talk some basketball, we talk some life, we talk some about some of our former players, what they're doing, how his family's doing, what my kids are doing. Uh, it's like any other relationship that people have, whether they're in coaching or out of coaching. Um, you know, a lot of people stay in touch with former teachers, um, so you know those are those are basically private conversations. But you know, we we weren't talking nuclear. Uh, <laughs> uh, we weren't trying to be nuclear physicists in our in our <laughs> evaluation of things that were going on. What we just tried to do was be friends and be uh, uh, you know just informative with each other and if there's something that needed to be discussed then let's discuss it and so that's how I've always left it you know kind of being out here in California during the winter it you know the first year was really tough because you're watching the games thinking okay Greg get him out of there Greg put this guy in Greg are you going to run uh, Badger on this possession <laughs> but now in the fifth year it's just watch and enjoy and enjoy and uh, it, it's great to see how he's matured as a head coach. Um, and that's why I believed in him. That's why, you know, the, the whole process of him being in that position is, you know, you, there's some things that, that he knew, but there are also things that you know you got to learn. And he's picked things up very quickly and uh, has done a hell of a job.
0: I think a lot of people would, you know, compare this title run that they've had. It's unexpected, obviously, uh, and they tied Michigan State and and Maryland. W- would compare it to your first year where there wasn't a whole lot of expectations coming in, and you guys kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start and then caught you know fire towards the end of it and won it. Does does this year kind of do you draw any parallels to to the year first team and the one that you know and unexpectedly you won a title? Have,
4: you didn't have my phone bugged did you (laughs) No. back in December and January? No, there are so many people that I know close friends that if you call them would say, coach Ryan's nuts. He said back in December and January that this reminds them of the first year where everybody's going to kind of beat each other up. And when the smoke clears, we got a chance to be big 10 champs. And I know, People go, oh, yeah, that's always easy to say afterwards. But there are people that you could talk to that would say they thought I was ready to be uh, put away. (laughs) Uh, And because, yes, it's that there's there was not a dominant team having watched so many games out here because I got all the stations. uh, I just looked at the Big Ten and and said this is this is as wide open as it's ever been Uh, because there are teams that are going to beat other teams and, you know, having six losses and getting a piece of the championship, that's 14 and six. We were 11 and five because we only played 16 games back in 2002. So the percentages are about the same.
1: Oh, you won four.
4: Yes. Yes. Your question was, did i do i think it reminds us of a lot of us of 2002 yes it does
1: you won four big 10 regular season titles during your time at wisconsin so you know how hard that is to do in a league this difficult and now this team has to turn the page as a one seed in the big 10 tournament and get ready for the postseason how do you balance the rewarding feeling of winning the league with making sure everyone understands that there's a lot more to accomplish
4: Well, what, do you stop doing what you do because of a certain successful uh, endeavor on a certain day? No, I mean, life goes on the next day, and you prepare for what's coming next. That's why I always had that sign in my office in real big letters, N-E-X-T. So you get a chance to unwind a little bit, appreciate the trophy, uh, appreciate the work that goes into it. Uh, in a sport like ours, uh, we play 70% of the teams in a 14-team league now. We play 70% of the teams, 13, uh, of, of our games against teams that we play home and away. There's 30% of our schedule now where you only play a team one time. So 15% of that is going to be on the road. 15% is going to be at home. So there's no divisions. There's no east, north, west west, or south. And basketball is an extremely hard Big Ten championship to win. It is very hard, not because I coach basketball. But if you look at the numbers, it is the toughest Big Ten championship to win. Because you do play everybody. There isn't like a year where you skip a team or two or whatever. Uh, So when people start talking about, wow, hey, the tournament's coming up. I'm going to get my bracket sheet. I'm going to fill it out. Yeah, the conference title is nice. Wait a minute. (laughs) Try telling that to players who go through the season, two and a half months, and beat up on each other. And and play, and yes, Big Ten championships are hard to win, but they are so rewarding. And when we won ours in 2002, I was reminded by thousands that the last Big Ten championship was 1947, and I went, 1947, that's the year I was born. So there was 55 years in between. Um, And there were a lot of former Badgers that either sent me a note, a text, an email or a you know whatever, a call and said how appreciative they were cuz they never thought they'd live to see a Wisconsin win the Big 10 championship. So that was that was very special. Yes, and this is very special for this team now.
0: Well, does it make it more special? Do you think for for Greg and for you know Al- Orlando and the the rest of the assistant coaches Joe Kravenoff and Dean Oliver and the entire team does it make it more special because of what they went through starting with with the, with the Howard Moore tragedy and then you know obviously Micah Potter situation you had you know Kobe King lead the team in the middle of the year Eric Helen having to resign like all these things did it does it make it more special do you think?
4: Well, you just lumped some th- some things I, into the Howard Moore.
0: Situation. Yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, that, yeah. Okay.
4: No, no, no. No, you're fine. You're fine. But I had mentioned that earlier. Right. And, you know, in, in life, okay. So Potter wasn't allowed to play. I, As a coach, I won't worry about it uh, because you coach what you have. I mean, he could have had an ankle injury and missed all those games. So you, you do what you do. You get everybody ready. And then, I mean, on the other hand, you look at 7 we lose Brian Butch, our All Big Ten player, uh, the next year. Who was, you know, behind Orlando. Uh, we lose him at the end of the year. Hey, you play on. They didn't. They didn't stop the games because we had an injury. Um, so it, basically, just emotionally, uh, you know that that whole thing that transpired uh, moved a lot of people. And so, and then you talk about somebody that transfers. Hey, you know, that's uh, sometimes there's addition with subtraction, and I don't think they've missed the beat because somebody decided, and he's allowed to, uh, decided to do something different. Um, but when you have when you have someone like Eric Helen, who I know to be one of the greatest individuals. Uh, on the face of the earth and how he has helped all our players, uh, what he has done in that program. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, I've always liked the words that they used at Wisconsin, sifting and winnowing. And I think there should be some topics, some things that people need to talk about on that campus, um, which we won't get into here. But the idea of, Of losing him to the team, him losing his job, that type of thing, um, you know, that's that's something that I think we haven't heard the end of. Uh, So, basically and most importantly was, how was the team going to recover from the horrific accident? And all these other things, you know, don't quite stack up that way, but you just, you just keep going. You just keep working. You just pull together. You, uh, so many teams have been won by the camaraderie of the student-athletes than by natural talent. And this is an example right
0: here. Uh, one last question for you, Bo, is uh, you, you mentioned Brian Butch in 2007. We had him on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I asked him about that, and I said, had he not gotten hurt, would Bo have – Three final four appearances instead of two, and he said he let you answer that question.
4: I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, 07, Yeah, the way the guys were playing, um, and what Brian brought to us—not that Greg Steensville or anybody else—but Brian had, you know, the on-court experience, and he was he was primed to to give us what we needed at that position. So, you know, so anything could have happened in the NCAA tournament. But, uh, you know, then we run into, like like you'll find out here in the next few weeks, a hot shooter. Lon Kruger's kid sticks his leg, up, leg out three times on a, on a play now that they call a flop. Uh, so he gets hot. And, of course, you're probably thinking, I'm in my 70s. How do I remember that? Well, I remember that.
0: <laughs> I remember it, too. I did. Hey, I was I was in the arena. I remember it. Pardon me, I was in the I was in Chicago. I was at the United Center. I remember it.
4: Okay, so so many things can happen in the tournament, but that, that, that team, uh, and then looking at the Ohio State team that went on, uh, those were two of the best teams in the country, without a doubt.
0: Yeah, for sure. Bo, certainly appreciate your time and uh, your insight on on this team this year.
4: Yeah, and I, I, like I said, I'm just so happy for Greg and the whole staff and the team and everybody associated with the accomplishment. But there's more to get, as
0: I always say. So let's go get some more. Yeah, and they've been saying that same thing, too. All right, Bo, thank you very much. We'll uh, we'll catch up later. Okay. All right, and that was uh, former Wisconsin coach Bo Ryan. Jesse, that's going to do it for, for this week's show. We'll be back next week. We'll uh, recap the Big Ten tournament and get ready for the NCAA tournament. Very much
1: looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun ride.
0: It will be. All right. You've been listening to The Swing here on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.